We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next question is from Coleman Smith. Says, who is the backup option for interior defensive line in 2024 if we don't flip Justin Scott? Sevillanos being the only interior guy is puzzling to me. Well, a couple things. Uh, there are some things that they're working on, so I'll just leave it at that. So they're not just like, well, we'll just move on to next year. They're not doing that completely. The other part of it is uh, you have to keep in mind um, that they don't view all three of the ends from last year as guys are going to stay at end. Yeah. So, and, and the defensive tackle position is still pretty young, Ryan. I mean, Jason Onya has multiple years of eligibility. Uh, Gabriel Rubio has multi multiple years of eligibility. I mean, there's, there's, there's no one other than Howard Cross. I think that's completely out of eligibility after this year. Now, you know, maybe right. Riley Mills goes pro, whatever the case may be, but, um, I don't think there's a need to rush because here's the thing you got to think about Coleman. It's a really bad defensive tackle class. There's not a lot of good D tackles, which makes some of them. It, again, I, it makes the decision to, to not take Owen Wafel so much more confusing. Yeah. You know, like I don't get that one. I really don't get that one at all. You must've completely misread the Justin Scott situation completely to just complete, to just drop on Wayful. It just doesn't make any sense to me, but they're, they're working on some things, but it, it's like with other things, there's nothing that they're going to do right now or should do right now is let the process play out. See if there's any sleeper type kids break out, uh, try to flip somebody that's highly ranked. And that's, a, and the, uh, if you, if you can't, then you, you know, a couple of things are working on don't pan out. Then, Try to go find a Braden Fisk, Javante John Baptiste type kid in next year's class and at defensive tackle and get him if you need the depth and then focus on 2025, in my opinion. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Similar to a previous question, Ryan, uh, I'll ask this one real quick. Better national QB class, 23 or 25? Well, that's a great question. Uh, 23 was really deep. That was a deep, 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 deep class. That's obviously the Dante Moore, Christopher Vizina, Jackson Arnold, Nick, um, Nico, however you pronounce his last name. Like that was a great class. I mean, obviously Notre Dame got Kenny Minchie in that class, who was a little lower rated by some people. I mean, that was a, Tremendous class. I'll say this, Christopher, and I don't know if you agree with this, Brian. I think the top of 2025 has more star potential, in my opinion. But I think depth is kind of similar. Like, I think that 2023 might even have more depth. But obviously, that's apples to oranges a little bit because we're talking about 2023 right. that's already completed and 2025 that kids are just about to right. start their junior year. Because so there's some kids are that change. are – Yeah, there's some kids that are part of that depth we like in 23 that we had no – we wouldn't have known who they were as sophomores. I would agree with you on the star potential of 2025. I mean, because yeah. I thought Dante was a five-star. And I thought that Nico had five-star talent. That was really it as far as five-stars to me. What made the class so good, to your point, Ryan, was not that it had a – it was not like the Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, and and I thought Phil Dracovic. Like, there was, like, legit five-star guys in that class, in my opinion. Right. Last year's class had Dante as just a no-brainer five-star. You could, I, and if you'd have told me Nico's five-star just on God-given ability, I'm not going to argue with you. Sure. Like I didn't think Mark Arch was a five-star. I didn't think Jackson Arnold was a five-star. They weren't bad players. Chris Vizina was good, you know. But it was it was the. I mean, you could get Kenny Minchie way down there and still get a top hundred caliber quarterback. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. a really good quarterback. A class. lot of depth. A lot of depth in that class. To your point, the 25 class already has at least five guys that I consider like elite talents to some degree. Obviously Bryce Underwood is part of that. Uh, George McIntyre is part of that. Uh, KJ Lacey is part of that. Deuce Knight is part of that. 
and I'm I'm drawing a complete blank on the the other player Ryan and Antoine Antoine Hill has some crazy talent he's got some very good talent yes he's I don't know if I'd put him in that five-star category yet yeah but he's got a chance I mean he is a really talented big I mean talking about just a a gigantic arm (laughs) Uh, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of ability as well but I'm forgetting someone there's another quarterback that I've seen that I really like and you know with with, thing with KJ Lacey Ryan which is kind of weird is some of the services have him ranked really low Yep. And I think because they're obsessed with the size, he's not a real big guy. But I think he is outstanding, absolutely outstanding. So I would say the top end is better because yep. Bryce Underwood's every bit as good as Dante Moore was, but with better physical tools, in my opinion. Like, so even if you just take the number one for one, it's better, in my opinion. So that's where I'm at with, uh, with the quarterbacks. I, I think the depth is similar. The top end is better. Do you agree with that, Ryan? Do you say that's a fair? I do. I do. Yeah. That 2023 yeah. class was deep, man. That was a yeah. deep quarterback class. Yeah. It was really deep. What? 2024. I mean, because even if you're looking at like the kid Ohio State got, Tavion St. Clair, I mean, he's he's a barely Talented. a top 10 quarterback, and he's a pretty good football player, man. Bear Bachmeyer's yeah. not a bad football player at all. I'm not as high on, on Ryan Montgomery as some other people. But, you know, yeah. Blake, if you were to flip him and Blake Hebert in the rankings, I'm fine. I think Blake Hebert's got a ton of talent potential. So, yeah, there's, I mean, even some underrated guys. You start getting to like Carter Smith and some of those more lower-ranked guys. I mean, those are very, very talented players. J- J- Jamar Malone, that was an Arizona yeah. kid that's at IMG yeah. now, that kid is very talented. Yep. Very talented. Um, Nico's little brother, Madden, is, a, yeah. is in the 25 class. You know, so we'll see how he develops. But, yeah. And it's it's a it's a deep class, man. But it's just it's like that everywhere. I mean, it really is. It's a it's a really really good, really good group. Here's an interesting question, Ryan. Andrew Gilmore says, "Better wide receiver room: the Bama 2020 or Ohio State last year or 2021?" I would. I don't. I wouldn't put Ohio State last year in that conversation for me. No, I think 2021 um, Ohio State would be my pick, though. Mine too, because. Yeah, because yeah. because that was Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. They had Jackson Smith and Jigba. You still have Julian Marvin Fleming, Harrison, they still Marvin had Harrison Mecca. Jr., yeah. Mecca. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so that's a. I mean, you're like six deep there, man. Like you're yeah. six deep. And, and like Bama dudes. was four. I mean, legit four deep. But here's the right. here's the difference that for me, the Ohio State group had such better size, like way better size because. I'll see your Jerry Judy and you know and and give you my my Garrett Wilson. Right, yeah. I'll see your Jalen Waddle and 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 match you with Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, I'll see your Devonte Smith and and match you with you know Chris Olave. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's similarities there, right? Because we're looking at the 2020 Bama group. Actually, no, Bama 2020 is not in the conversation. No, it's 2019 Bama. Is 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 2018 and 2019 Bama? 2020 Bama is not in the conversation. I'm close to Ohio State last year. I completely read that wrong. That's oh, the Devontae Smith, Slade Bolton, John Mechie group. Gone. Got it. Yeah, because yeah. there's no Jerry Judy. The, yeah. There's J- Jalen Waddle was hurt most of the year, but even yeah. it with Jalen Waddle, it's still not as good as the year before. And Henry uh, Ruggs is gone too off that yeah, team. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the difference to me is, I could, I could, I had not only Julian Fleming, but I had the two freshmen that were bigger guys that were just could could have been studs if you needed them. So, uh, so if we're going to talk about 2018, 2019 Bama, sure. 
2020 Bama is not in the conversation for me. And, and that was a great receiving core. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you had the Heisman Trophy winner. Very good. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like just comparing it to the to the to the previous year where Devontae had a thousand yards and Jerry Judy had a thousand mm-hmm. yards and Henry Ruggs had seven hundred and Jalen Waddle had over five hundred. That was pretty good. But here's the difference: the next two, Slade Bolden and John Mechie, were good players. But John Mechie was still kind of learning the receiver position still then. And then you go to Ohio State in 2021, Ryan, to your point. You had Jackson Smith and Jigba. You had uh, Garrett Wilson. You had Chris Olave. You had a Mecca Egbuka. You had Marvin Harrison. You had Julian Fleming. Uh, you know, that was a uh, Jalen Ballard, who was a really talented freshman that didn't do much. But yeah, I, I, would, I would go Ohio State there just because the size like and the, yeah. the, and the size too matters to me, Ryan, because there's a little bit more diversity of skill set where all the Bama kids were kind of just slower or faster versions of each other. To a degree, you know, there was, I mean, they weren't big. They weren't, there wasn't a lot of difference there. Ohio State could beat you with speed and quickness. They could beat you with, with just speed. They could beat you with size. It's a lot more versatility. So I'll, I'll go the 21 group. But yeah, the 20, 20 Bama group's not in there for me. I, I, I just assumed he was talking about one of the Jerry Judy yeah. groups. But uh, yeah. Next question is from Florida Ivers. Seems, seems like a lot of 2025 kids are coming back for the barbecue July 30th weekend. Should I be brisket shopping so I can smoke meat and listen to IV? I think I know where he's coming from on that one. I don't sure. know for sure that we're going to have a, a, a show that day. And I and I get where you're coming from with that. It's a, it's a very um, well done way to ask the question that he's asking, Ryan, which yes. is are we going to have a commit show that day? Uh, I don't know that we're going to have a commit show that day. Are there some kids that I have on commit watch that weekend? Yes. But I don't think any of them will commit like publicly because this is what kids do now, right? Like (laughs) what used to happen is kids would commit during a thing and then they would tell people and then we'd report on it. But now it's like kid will commit. You keep it quiet. We find out, but we're asked not to say anything because it's not our story to tell, which is, which I'm fine with. And then the kid announces like five, six days later, two, three days later, you know, day later, whatever the case may be. Uh, so probably not on that day. Do I, do I, I'll say this, right. I'll be surprised if they don't get at least one or two commits out of that, whether they happen that publicly that day or not, I'd be a little surprised if we don't get a couple kids out of that. If we don't see Notre yep. Dame, get a couple kids out of that. Yep. That's a And obviously a it's, it is, it is a very impressive and growing list to the question. Yeah. You already have Justin Thurman come in for the barbecue, Taylor and Taylor. Jerome Bettis Jr., Owen Strebig, Davion Dixon, the commit to Notre Dame in the 2025 class will also be on there. So mm-hmm. IrishBreakdown.com, www.irishbreakdown.com yeah. if you want the continued visitor list popping up. Didn't uh, – isn't Byrne, Owen Byrne going to be there too? Is, he is, is not. He, be there? he will not he be not? there. Okay. No. Nope. I thought he was. Strebig's a kid that I like a lot. Yeah. And Rowan it, Burn, the list is Rowan Byrne will be at Rowan Byrne will be at Texas AM and Michigan later in Michigan. this month. Okay. And then he will be at the Notre Dame Ohio State game and the Ohio State Wisconsin game. Yeah, I saw races. that part. Yeah. That's going to be interesting because his thought his thought is he's going to wait for a year to commit. That's going to be interesting. Because I don't yes. I don't know if Notre Dame is going to necessarily want to wait for a year to fill up their offensive. Kid's player. impressive though, man. He was talking to me about an 18 month plan that he has. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't have yeah. a week plan. I don't know. What he you're may want to condense this. that plan a little bit. <laughs> and, and look, plans can change. You know, Notre Dame all of a sudden gets a couple commitments and all of a sudden it's like, Hey man, you want to be here? You know, we need you to, we need you to, to maybe turn your 18 month plan into a six month plan or something <laughs> like that. Right. Uh, along those lines, do you see Deuce Smith Knights committing after this upcoming visit after it? Yeah. He'll, he'll commit after it. Whether during the know, summer t- yeah. to who 
at some right. point in life after the barbecue, he will commit to someone. You yes. know, <laughs> I'm being a little sarcastic, Coleman. I apologize. But uh, do I see him committing to Notre Dame right now after that visit? No, I don't. I don't see that being the plan because I think he's also got a couple visits after that, or at least maybe yeah. one right before he's got, that. He's going to Ole Miss around then. He's yeah, he's right. going to Notre Dame on the 27th and then Ole Miss on the 29th. So it's right. a couple packed few days there. Right. So, so I don't I don't yeah. see him committing before he visits the in-state school. So we'll see. I mean, I, I don't I think because what he said to you, Ryan, is he'd like to commit this summer, but he's not going to force it. Right. Right. I mean, he if he's not if he's still torn between Notre Dame, Tennessee, Ole Miss, whoever, um, I, I just I don't I just think he won't announce, which is smart. If you're not sure where you're going, buddy, don't don't go. Just, just right. hold off. Mike Reddy says, what happened with David Pele Pele? I thought they were in a decent spot with him in the winter. Well, he's now committed to USC, so they were no yeah. longer in a good spot with him. Yeah, well, <laughs> a lot of schools had to back out of that one, and I'll just leave it at that. But like Ohio State backed out, Michigan backed out, Penn State backed out. That's how he got to USC yeah. is a lot – because everybody's – at first, oh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and then um, they quickly – I mean – there's a reason why soon after he was high on him, you heard nothing about him. They yeah, we haven't okay, we haven't yeah, we haven't talked about David in yeah. like two and a half months or so. <laughs> like it's been a while. Because so. it became very apparent early on that this one's not gonna happen. And then there was all the rumblings that you know Michigan was in a great spot, then Penn State, and then nothing with Penn State, because they all basically backed out. And there's a reason, and we'll just leave it at that. He is so. a very talented kid. So hopefully yeah. the uh yeah. you know some other stuff gets figured out. So yep. Uh, Coleman Smith says, chances that Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison both become first-round picks. Besides staying healthy, what does Hart need to improve on this season? I, I think for me, Coleman, it's a great question. I Right now, if Benjamin Morrison is developed properly over the next two years, I think that he has an inside track to being a first-round pick. If he is as productive as he was this past year or more, and he just – continues to develop on a traditional track and doesn't have injury setbacks, I think that you could project him to be a first-round pick pretty easily. Cam Hart, I'm just not there right now. I just I don't personally see it because there's going to be – one, he needs to have a great season. There, you know, that needs to happen. But two, it's the injury stuff. He's got some durability stuff in the past. Like I, I don't know if the medical checks are going to be amazingly – but because he actually still has have decently high grades from the NFL this offseason. Yeah. I mean, he had like fourth or third-round grades. So, like – the NFL likes him. I just think that there's going to be some medical recheck questions that happen. Uh, again, I think Cam Hart's going to test well whenever he does test this next offseason. I think he has a chance to have a productive season. But there's just a lot of things that need to align that I think is going to be a little preventative from him being a first-round pick. I think he's more a – and I think there's no problem with this, Goldman – is that if Cam Hart is a day two football player in 2024, that's a win, man. That's good. Yeah. Second or third round, that's a good that's yeah. a good thing to have. That's where I see it, Ryan. I could see him playing like a first rounder this year. I could see him testing like a first rounder. But I just feel like, like you said, the um the the shoulder stuff is gonna be an yes. issue. Like if it was a it's, torn ACL that he's fully yeah. recovered from, but when you start getting into shoulder stuff, that's where people get a little bit concerned. And he's had two of those and that's a that's a so I can see him falling because of that. Especially yeah. a defensive player yeah. with shoulder injuries. Like yeah. that's that's a little concerning. Yeah. And somebody real quick, I, I want to make a point to y'all. When you guys ask us our opinion and we start talking about who are five stars, we're not telling you what other people think are five stars. We're telling you what we think are five stars. Yep. So somebody said, isn't Arch a five-star? To us, no, we've never said that. We've always said he's not a five-star quarterback. 
It just yeah. is he a good quarterback? Absolutely. I think Arch is a top 50 caliber kid, top 100 for sure. I mean, Arch is a good player, but top number one player in the country, top 10. I just have never seen that, Ryan. I've never seen that type of ability. And so, no, in our view, which is the, the question was asked of us, what do we think? Not what does rivals think or what does 247 or on three think? What do we think? I don't care what people are ranked. We're going to tell you what we think those players were coming out of high school. Right. And that's just how we feel. But again, it sounds like we're hating on Arch. I don't hate Arch at all. I think Arch is a really good quarterback. I think he's a talented kid. I just don't think he is where his ranking is. I think he's a no-brainer top 100 kid who's probably more of a top 50 guy to me, which is really freaking good. Really yes. good. He's just not what they made. Same with Jackson Arnold. Jackson Arnold doesn't suck. No. like, doesn't But suck. he's just way overrated. He's not a five-star. Way overrated. He's not a five-star. I don't even think he's a top 100 player. But if he's number 160, that's still a really good football player, Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, it uh that that's my whole thing. If his if his name was Arch Jones and his dad was, you know, a a math teacher at the local high school, I I don't I I think he'd still be a top hundred kid. I do. I just don't think he'd be the number one player in the country in 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 the NIL era where it's clicks and all this other kind of stuff. I loved um, Tom Lemming's response on Twitter. Someone was like, no one has him as a five-star, Tom. He was like, I don't care what anybody else has to say about anything. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like, dude, I invented the star system. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people are funny like that. Like, uh, Tom Lemming doesn't need to, you know, care about what rivals. Now, I think Tom is wrong in this sense. I do not think Marquis Lightfoot is a five-star. I don't. I do think Tom tends to hand out a few too many five-stars. I do. But, dude, I'm Tom Lemming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm literally <laughs> yeah. the OG of this business. I, I, I'll, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need validation from rivals or 247. Are you kidding me? I've been doing this longer than most of those jokers have been alive. You know, so I thought that was a great answer. It's a great response. You know? I invented yeah. the star system, sir. Exactly. And he's not wrong. He's not he's wrong. wrong. It's hilarious. Wrong. Hilarious. Oh, no one has those ranks of five star. I do. <laughs> like just this assumption that he's telling you someone else's ranking. Like, come on, guys. So come funny. on now. Next question is from Bill Walsh, the Hall of Fame coach. Uh, which team has the better chance of a national championship <laughs> this year's team with Hartman or two years from now when the young quarterbacks and Freeman have more experience? I mean, I'm gonna go and answer the answer in this year's team because in all reality, I have no clue what the 25 team's gonna look like, right? I mean, I have no idea who's gonna transfer in. I have no idea who's gonna transfer out. I don't know who I don't know who all the coaches are going to be. Like I don't know who's gonna be on the teams that they're gonna play that year. So I mean, I, I couldn't possibly tell you what Notre Dame's team is gonna be in 2025. I mean, the schedule's gonna be interesting, right? But it's not even complete yet. I mean, there's still one more opponent that they got to find. They have 11 game scheduled. They don't even have when they're going to play worked out for half their schedule. They're going to play AM at home. They're going to play USC at home, Purdue at home, Navy at home, and at Arkansas. We know when those games are going to be played. They've got at BC, at Miami, home against NC State, home against Syracuse, and at Pitt. And there's still one more game to add. So I don't even know what their schedule is completed in 2025. So I can't possibly tell you what they're going to be. Um, your question is completely fine. And I think the premise of it makes a lot of sense. 25, you know. You're going to have Kenny Minchie going into year three. If he's the guy, you're going to have CJ going into year two. This really good recruiting classes that they're recruiting in 22 is going to be seniors. The 23 class is going to be juniors. The, so, I, Bill, I get the question and where you're coming from. Totally. I think the future is incredibly bright. But for two reasons, I'm going with the 23 team. Number one is I am focused on this team. I am so sick and tired 
of the Brian Kelly era where every year our sources would say, wait till next year. And then we get to next year and it's wait till next year. It was always some excuse for why this team couldn't win. This team, if they can put all the pieces together, should do everything possible to try to compete for a championship. And if you don't fall, if you don't get it, then you regroup and you do it again next year. That's where Notre Dame should be right now. Um, is it going to be easy? Heck no, it's not going to be easy. Uh, would I bet my mortgage on it right now? Probably not. Number one, I don't gamble, but number two, I probably wouldn't put that kind of money on a on Notre Dame to win a championship. Uh, have I thought about right now looking at the odds, putting a little C note on it? Yeah, I've thought about that, you know, but I don't gamble, so I've decided not to do that. But you know, like it's a tempting thing, right? Like, you know, I see the odds for Sam Hartman win the Heisman. I've thought about putting a C note on that. You know what I mean? Just, yep. but uh, I think this team has a chance. But uh, so, so that's number one, Bill. I'm just focused on this year's team. But the way that college football is now, Ryan, like uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, you could have a pretty good idea of what your team was going to look like in two years. Yeah, you, know, you got a recruiting class coming up the next year, but now it's like with the portal and, you know, like if you'd have told me two years ago, Sam Hartman's going to be Notre Dame starting quarterback two years. I'm like, what? Why? Huh? What? <laughs> right. What are you talking exactly. about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, so no way. Uh, Thomas Harper's going to be starting nickel. Who? Who's Thomas Harper? You know, exactly. who's Antonio Carter? So right. I have no idea what the team is going to look like. So, and the other thing is I just, I want to see this team put all their resources towards winning this year. And then if you don't win it, if you fall short, then you regroup and you figure out where you got to get better. And that's, that's what I'm focused on. So very fair question, Bill. I'm just oh, not it's there. A great, it's yeah, a great I'm question, Bill there. Walsh. And yeah. love the West Coast offense, man. Love it. <laughs> from Rob Oscar says, coaching question. How do you get your team mentally ready for a Central Michigan and then for an Ohio State? Your thoughts and things you would do. Thanks. Look, I, 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 I grew up in the Lou Holtz mentality. That's how I was as a coach. And that is the worst weeks as a player are the Central Michigan-Tennessee State weeks because you can do nothing right in my eyes. Nothing. Right. I'm going to be all over you. I'm going to be in your – I mean, you're going to be so focused on doing what you got to do so that I'm not ripping your behind that you're going to go out and be locked in and be focused because yeah. I know you can't be – you're not going to be as focused on beating the Chippewas. You know what I mean? Eliminate distractions. Right. Eliminate distractions. And so yeah. I'm I'm on you all day. You better be doing this right. I mean, I'm 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 doing clash checks every day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so just so they know, like, oh, coaches, coaches, you know, coaches in one in one of those moods this week. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh that's just how I am. It's like it, it, you know, you're playing Central Michigan this week. If you're not if every rep's not perfect, I'm gonna be freaking pissed. You know what I mean? Like you better be locked in in the film room. And then there's other things I would do in weeks like this too, Ryan, is I would, I did a thing and I learned this from Dan Mullen actually when he was a Bowling Green is he would have, he would give his players the clicker and and I've shared this story before, but like, he'd be like, yeah, I don't feel like doing film this week today, you know? And so the players knew what he was doing. They would knew what I was doing. So I don't feel like leading y'all through film today. I'd be like, Hey, curfew, why don't you do this? Or, you know, and then I'd have one of my older players lead them through the film of the practice and, you know, and they, they'd have to then coach up what was what they were seeing. And the whole point was, and they knew what I was doing. They knew I didn't really not want to do film that day. And I'd chime in when it was needed. But it's sure. about, I need to know where your head is, what you know. What I know doesn't matter because I'm not playing on Saturday. And that's the lesson that I learned from Coach Mullen was, you know, you can have all these great plays and you can be the smartest guy in the world. But if your players don't know it, like you know it, then guess what? All those plays don't mean a thing. 
And so uh, those are weeks where I would really be into that. I would maybe, if I had a veteran player, I'd maybe pull him aside and say, hey, I mean, I really need you to make sure that you are on dudes this week. You know, get a couple of your veterans to understand what you're doing that week and say, hey, I need you to keep these guys locked in. I need to make, I need you to make sure that the locker room is spot. That's the other thing. If I'm the head coach, I'm walking the locker room, and if it's not spotless, I am going off. You know, like I'm just demanding perfection and everything. And then the players would say, Miami week, loose. Like, it, hey, we're just out here. Hey, let's do Hey, we know who we are. Let's go out there and play ball, baby. Because there's already going to be a level of tightness. Your job now is to loosen that up a little bit, right? Be locked in. Hey, like, we're fine. Just let's do it again. Run it again. Let's get it right. Let's go. Uh, because they're already amped up and ready to play. You don't need to push that. And the problem that I have with Brian Kelly is he would always kind of try to bring that down. And then he was so wound tight that when the players were wound tight because it was a big game, which is human nature, that combination was just dynamite. You know what I mean? Like just like bad in a bad way. You know what I mean? And so uh, that's that's my approach. That's what that's what I need. That's where I was coming from, Ryan. And that, that was that was that's what I knew. That's what I did. That's what worked for us. Worked for me. Uh, I don't know what Marcus Freeman's strategy is, and and I don't know how he sees it. But that's I do I do know this. He played for a coach that was really good in big games. Yes, he did. That's that's one thing I do know. So, because um, I'll say this, Ohio State had a couple teams that played for, you know, all the marbles, especially that 07 team that weren't actually that good. If you really look at it, you know, from a, um, you know, from a, from a, like, like I'll put it to you like this, that 2007 Ohio State football team that played LSU for the national title. You stack that roster up against the 1995 and 1996 teams and tell me who's better. Teams that didn't win titles. You know, Orlando Pace, Eddie George. They, you know what I mean? Like, we Decent could have players. some fun looking at those Decent rosters. Players. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but those teams, I mean, they they beat Wisconsin, Penn State that year. Purdue on the road was ranked. They beat Michigan that year. You know, they just didn't have the horses to go beat LSU. They just, just didn't, you know. and so I, I know he was gr- – I know he was great in college, Brian, but one regret I have because I obviously I watched all of Orlando Pace when he was an NFL player mm-hmm. and he was incredible. I've heard that he is like maybe the best college offensive lineman of all time, though. Orlando Pace uh, uh, that I've seen, yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, again, I I never wa- I didn't watch Jonathan Ogden much in college, so I can't tell you how he stacked up against UCLA. him. He's another guy that's in that conversation. There's guys, you know, John Han. I never watched him play, right? Like right. I just I couldn't speak to that. But yeah, Orlando Pace is probably the most dominant offensive lineman I've ever seen in college. Quentin Nelson's close. Quentin Nelson's the best yeah, guard I've ever I'm seen. In that conversation. He's the best guard I've ever seen uh in college. Uh Orlando Qu- Pace. Quentin Nelson was overall. my top Quentin Nelson was my top ranked prospect in his class coming out. And obviously that's yeah. not weighing positional value, but he was just right. yeah. dominant man. He was just absolutely tremendous. dominant. Tremendous. We had another question from Patio Furniture who said which is a fantastic name, by the way, Patio Furniture. Yes, great, love great it. dad joke. <laughs> to what degree are the recent recruiting woes the result of Marcus Freeman setting the sights higher in targeting recruits? Is losing highly ranked guys the inevitable result of going after top talents? I kind of, I, 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 I kind of reject the premise of it. Uh, yeah, to be yeah. honest with you, the the recent recruiting woes, they're not having any woes that aren't happening everywhere. I mean. Right. George, you know who else didn't land Georgia's Justin Scott who wanted him? Georgia, 
right? They wanted Justin Scott too and didn't get him. I mean, you know, so, uh, but, but there is also some merit to the question, Ryan, which is part of the reason they're, you know, we're bummed about losing Justin Scott is because they were in the fight and they should have got him. As I've said before, the, 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 the previous coaching staff probably bows out of that recruitment as soon as Georgia gets involved. I mean, that's just the reality of how, of how that's, that operation was first half of Kelly's tenure. Not so much second half. Definitely. They would have bowed out. They, they, you know, I, I don't know if they ever would have got Keon Keeley. You know, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, and Marcus Freeman played a role in that. I don't, I don't know, but I think that's part of it is, you know, a lot of these guys are missing. Like if Marcus Freeman never comes to Notre Dame, Ryan Peyton Bowen never commits to Notre Dame. So we're not yeah. even having this conversation. So, so to a degree, some of the misses, yeah, I think that has to do with the fact that they are going after bigger fish. I just, I guess I just am a little sensitive to the notion of recruiting woes because I think people are still not giving this class enough credit. We can, we can be frustrated about the misses, especially the unforced errors that led to some of them, but then not throw the baby out with the bathwater and act like this isn't still a really good freaking class that needs right. to finish strong. Sure. Yes. But right now, it's a really good glass. A really good glass. And, so, and I, I, you know. I mean, Patty, my question would be, like, if you're not missing on some kids, it means that you're not going after any high-priced right. talent, right? Like, I mean, you could Bingo. go after the – I'm not going to say any names, right? But, like, you can go after the guys that you know you're going to get, right? Like, you're 100% right. going to get those players and not take any chances. But usually those guys are a little bit of the lower ceiling type of players, maybe a little bit of high floor guys. That's how and you have a losing record against top 15 teams during your career like Brian Kelly did. Well, And I was going to say, and again, this is a slight shot against Brian Kelly, but not totally though, is that I think most Notre Dame fans and people that evaluated Notre Dame knew that Brian Kelly had kind of hit his ceiling at Notre right. Dame. Like, was it ever going to get a ton better? I, I don't know, right? Is it terrible? No, it wasn't terrible because Brian Kelly's not a terrible coach. But he's a good coach, and he got it to a certain level. Was it ever going to get over the ceiling, over that hump, though? Probably not. Why? Because there was probably a little bit of settling a, at times. There was a self-installed um, ceiling. Like you determined what your ceiling was and you weren't going to try to raise it any higher, basically. Exactly. Right. Yep. I, I, I love this answer. I love this from Salty Virginia Peanuts. Brian going off in the locker room, knocking things down, kicking the trash cans over, calling all the players lollygaggers. Still one of my favorite on the sports movie scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You lollygagged the ball around the infield. You lollygagged the ball around the outfield. You know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. <laughs> Great scene, man. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, oh I, and Kevin, his, he goes, you know, I'm just trying to be nice. That you scare them. They're kids. Scare them. He throws the like, bats. <laughs> yeah, he throws the bats in the, in the showers. Yeah. Great movie. You know what that makes you? Larry, lollygaggers. This is a great movie. Great, <laughs> great scene from that movie as well. Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Good good stuff. Sorry, I'm uh um that didn't mean to click on that. I was gonna say, man, we had Bill Walsh, we've had Stevie Wonder in the chat. We, you know, we were gonna yeah. have Pete Weber there for a second. Bailey West, though, says, What do you imp- what are your improvements? Are wait, what improvements are you wanting to see from Marcus Freeman this season? Consistency. That that's what I want to yes. see. Consistency. Right. I want to see a consistent level of energy. I want to see a consistent level of focus. Uh, I want to see a consistent message. 
you know, like one of the things that uh, I think it was, I think it was talking to Pete Sampson. So I think who I was talking to when we did a function together, we were both speaking at a, at a Notre Dame event. And he said that one of the captains had told him that, uh, you know, early in the season, like they had a different motto theme for like each game. And then after Stanford, it just kind of was like, nope, this is what the, it's going to be for the rest of the year. Right. And I'm a believer in that. I, you know, I've, I've always been one of those guys, you get your team motto, you put it on a shirt and that's just your motto all year. Like that's what you're striving for all year. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm a believer yeah. in that. I think there needs to be something that, that, uh, you know, yeah. And it's partly knowing what your team's identity is, not identity schematically, but identity as, you know, what do I, what's the thing that they, they lack right now or that thing that we need to kind of push them over the top that allows them to get there. And, and so that's what I think that, motto is and needs to be and it's it needs to be stressed and never you never back down for it who are you as a team and you never back down from it so i think consistency for football ryan is a huge thing because there's already enough variety week to week when it comes to uh you know you're gonna have different emphasis scheme wise different emphasis because of the new opponents you're playing uh you're going on the road in different environments staying in different hotels and those type of things the things from a preparation standpoint the messaging, the all that stuff needs to be the same. It needs to absolutely be the yeah. same. And so consistency is a big thing for me. Set a bar and don't ever let them get below that. And that goes back right. to the previous question, Ryan, is sometimes I know against Central Michigan, it's going to be hard for them to self-motivate to be above the bar or at the bar. So that's the week I got to – they don't need me to push them for Ohio State, right? Like they – like if Notre Dame would have played with the same just physicality against Marshall and Stanford and USC that they played against Clemson, record looks a whole lot different last year, whole lot different. But they were just too much like this early in the season, and and so I just I want to see some consistency schematically, attitude wise, effort wise, motto wise, all of it. I think football is a sport where that is so needed. Once you've figured out who right. your team is, it's okay to keep hitting that button. You know what I mean? Now, in certain weeks, there's other buttons you push in different ways. But when it comes to the core of who you are, man, you keep hitting that button every single day. And that's something that I think that's the biggest thing for me that I want to see this year. And then from that, Ryan, all the other things just fall in place. All the other improvements we may want to talk about football-wise and all that, they fall into play. And then the only other thing I would say is, uh, year two should also allow him to be able to focus on the the uh, the details more, right? Because right. now you know what your responsibility. You you've gone through the rigors of being a head coach and all your responsibility. Now, I think there's going to be a greater attention to detail now that you're you're there. I think I would. I just want to see the real Marcus Freeman more consistency too, consistently, right, Brian? Because like early in the season, I don't think we saw fully the person he is all the time as far as his stamp during the course of the season though i think that we saw more and more a little more animated right a little more of that presence on the sideline a little bit more of the transparency a little bit more of hey guys this isn't good enough this needs to be better and i think if he's consistent with that approach everything will fall in line man like win the games you should and show up more consistently in the big games is what Notre Dame fans have been missing over the last few years. And I think Marcus Freeman has a chance that he just needs to be a consistent approach to his just stamp every single day. I really do. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We had a question from Jordan Schreiber. Jordan, you're lacking, man. We're still like 29 questions before we start yeah. today. Like we're going to yeah. get that today. He said most touchdowns for a Notre Dame wide receiver this year. Who has the most? I'm, I'm going to say Jaden Thomas. I was going to say Jaden Thomas. That's why I want yeah. to say it first, man. That's why I want to yeah. say it first. I think that Jaden Thomas, though, could be that red zone weapon, right? Yeah. That maybe. I think tight end is going to be good this year, but I think that, I mean, you could pencil in like Michael Mayer is your end zone weapon, right? It's like get the ball in his hands, get the ball in the air, and he can make a play. I think Jane Thomas could be a little bit of that guy and also could be that route runner inside that uncovers quickly and is able to get you know some of those short intermediate routes in the red zone as well. So give me Jane right. Thomas as well. If it's not him, I'd, I'd go with Tobias Merriweather would be my number, my number two. I mean, because you look at like um, – 2000 we were talking earlier about the 2021 ohio state team jackson's jackson smith and jigba led that team in catches and yards by a lot i mean he had 95 catches the next closest was garrett wilson with 70 he had 1606 yards the next closest was garrett wilson with 1058 alave had 936 now i know that uh, jackson smith and jigba played two more games than garrett wilson but he had 123 and a half yards per game garrett wilson was at 96.2 but they both had more touchdowns than he did he was third. He had nine. Yeah. They had 13 and 12. So just because the, you're yeah. the, the quote-unquote go-to guy doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the biggest touchdown guy. Sometimes it means sure. that. For Notre Dame, it's usually meant that, right? Will Fuller's that guy, and he leads him in touchdowns, and Golden Tate was that way. And, but it's not always that way. So I, I, I think this year could be one of those years, in my opinion. Yeah. And part of me kind of hopes that it is because – if Tobias leads you in all those categories, it doesn't guarantee that you're very good after him. You know, like, but if Tobias is your leader in yards and Jaden's your leader in, let's say, catches and touchdowns, and that means you've got two pretty good weapons that you're that you're able to throw the ball to on top of the tight ends. So yeah, I can I can see something like that. I can see something like that. Good good question. We had another question from Fullback Dive. Said you were hired as Notre Dame's head coach and can use any criteria to pick your staff you want. But Jack Swarbrick says you have to pick from former Notre Dame players. Who would oh, you hire as offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, and position coaches? Goodness gracious. I don't even know if I know enough former Notre Dame players that are in coaching to do that. My DC one's probably pretty easy because it's Anthony Weaver, right? I mean, he's already done it. I mean, he's in well, coaching. I, I, he's an I, NFL I think defense to make, coordinator, right? I think to make this fun, though, we pick guys that aren't coaches. But we're just going to so make fun. that Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Well, that's you can fun. have them. You can have co- guys who were coaches and not coaches. So how about that? So we can have a happy meeting. Sure. My own line coach is easy. It's um, it's Andy Heck. I mean, he's got two Super Bowl rings as an offensive line coach. So yeah, um, not, money's not an issue. 
Um, man, uh, you know, you know what's you know the people are going to hate this. Do you know who I would hire as my quarterbacks coach? It's not Brady Jimmy Quint. Clawson. Brady Quint, Jimmy Clawson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would hire Jimmy Clawson. He'd be able to talk about the pressure, the lessons he learned, but he also knew the ins and outs of playing quarterback from a technical standpoint. My quarterback receiver, coach would I'd, be my quarterback coach would be Tommy Reese. I think. Just kidding. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, he actually has been a quarterback of. coach though. So I mean, you yeah. Know. <laughs> uh, Armando Allen would be my running backs coach because he actually is a coach right now. He's a, I think he just got hired at like Murray State or something like that. So oh, I really? want to hire him. Yep. Uh, my tight ends coach, I'd want to see if Mr. Rudolph or Mr. Eifert was ready to, you know, move on from the NFL. And I'd probably try to bring back Tyler Eifert just because, you know, he's an Indiana boy and all that kind of stuff. So bring, bring back Tyler Eifert as my tight ends coach. My receivers coach would, ha- I'd have to sit down and have a long conversation with Golden Tate and my, co- cause I've, I've heard he wants to get into coaching and I'd have to say, I need to know that you're going to put a greater emphasis on teaching route running than you showed as a player in college. Because that was my big knock on Golden Tate was a lack of route running and consistency. But I, I would I would look at Golden Tate in that regard. Um, defensively, D coordinator is Anthony Weaver. I, mean, I think that's a that's a no brainer, right? Uh, I think some I think someone said Maurice Crum is also a defensive coordinator, right? In college, yeah, I'd, I'd have him coach linebackers. Uh, yeah, I'd yeah. see that one. I'd see that one. Um, I'm trying to think here who was some Tom, other guys. Tom Zibikowski a safety coach. Let's do it. Okay. I'd it have some Tom Zibikowski be my special teams coach. Or my shaping yeah. conditioning coach. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh boy. Uh corners coach. Cause I'd want to say Todd Light because he's done it before, but I, I know he's pretty happy not coaching right now. So uh, but I'd try to talk him out of coming out of retirement, going back to coaching corners again. Uh, somebody said oh, you, know, you know who, safety, you know who he's still playing. You know who coaches in college now is uh, Darren Walls is a uh, oh. assistant somewhere. So okay, let me let me look him up and see where he's at. I'd look I think into he's that. at Albany or something like that. Okay. Something like that. I think. Seriously, he coaches for my old boss. That's hilarious. I think That's he hilarious. does. I could be wrong about that, but I'm he, pretty sure it's saying. Darren Walls. Uh, I didn't know his dad played in the NBA. That's interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's see here, Darren Walls coaching. Uh, Albany looks like he was I at Albany. It. I don't know if he still is now, but yeah, he was listed as the code D coordinator and corners coach. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd look to bring him in as a corners coach. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a good one. If I couldn't get my guy Todd Light to come back out of retirement, then yeah, I'd look into that. Linebacker Monteteo, yeah, he still has Joe Bernard coaching with him. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, Darren Walls is still the uh, is the um corners coach and co-defensive coordinator there i saw his name flash on the screen of twitter one day and i looked, yeah. clicked on his profile and it said like assistant coach or something i was like oh that's okay, awesome cool yeah yeah that's awesome man i would i would uh, that's pretty cool yeah so i think i get close enough to a staff together there yeah so can i get can i get did Jeff you know Samarja? that aj Beatty is now at uh at albany AJ it was he was at uh he was at north carolina he had signed with North oh, Carolina in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, I do. Yeah, yep. he's at uh, he's at Albany now. That's interesting. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna help out the baseball program here, Brian. I'm gonna get Jeff Samarja as my wide receiver coach, but then in okay. the offseason, he could also co- uh, help the pitchers out of the. Uh, so how is team. he gonna recruit there, Mister Roberts? 
I mean, we already have coaches that don't recruit on the on the okay. staff right now. You know so. who else has been a coach in the past for receivers is most Oval's coach in the past as well. I don't know if he's still most of all was a coach at one point. Yeah, right. I don't know yeah. if he still is or not, but yeah, he's he's one that I would look into. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's there's some guys, there's some guys. It's not a ton of them, but there's some guys out there that that are coaching. So yeah, good fun question. Somebody said Matt Lavecchio for OC. That's got to be a joke. That's oh, uh, somebody said that Shane Walton's a great high school coach in San Diego. So maybe, Is maybe get him nice. to be on staff as like an analyst or a recruiting court, you know, recruiting coordinator with uh, you know beside Chad, you know, something like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. If I had to get an AD, that's a former player. I'd have a I'd have a chat with Mister Sproul. See what Byron Sproul's doing. Mm. See what he's up to these days. Yeah, that's a good that's one. one. That's a really good one. DJ, question, mailbag. I'm sure there is a lot of run game plans for the first two games. Do you think it's important to get the passing game going full out in those games? I do. Yes. yes yeah. 100%. Now, do they need, does that, Ryan, now, does that mean they got to throw for 350 yards a game? No, but they need to level, establish some timing in those first four games for sure. I'm, I'm not as concerned about the numbers. If Sam Hartman goes 13 of 17 for 230 yards against Navy, I'm I'm cool. And they run for 300 yards. I'm cool. Just get right? rhythm. Get yeah. Rhythm. Get some timing, yeah. some rhythm, you know, yep. uh, but cause then you're going to need them to carry you more, but it's, it's more about establishing that the timing, um, getting the check protection checks down, getting on the same page with the receivers, them getting on the same page with you, you know, take some shots, things like that. Yes. Yes. I, I, I would be, I, I, you need to see that they can't just go out there and he goes, you know, 13 of 17 and, or, you know, or, or, you know, like 13 of 23 and For plays four quarters. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I don't want to yeah. see that. Like, I don't want right. to see that every game, but yeah, it, there's going to be some misses early on. Most likely maybe, yep. maybe not so much against Navy and, and Tennessee state, but there will be against NC state. There'll be a turnover. There'll be some misses. You know, work those kinks out in those first four games, Ryan. Apps, but just coming yep. out and running for 285 yards a game and really not doing a whole lot in the pass game that doesn't help you get ready for not not in the big games because for every Clemson yeah. game there will be there will be a USC or Ohio State where you're exactly. just not clicking to your exactly. point. Yeah. and you can't just establish the run the same way. Good yes. teams, if they want to, can take your run game away. The problem is Clemson didn't commit to trying to stop it. That's that was the problem. They they just never they never made that commitment to it. It's a strange game plan from Clemson. Very weird, very strange one. They really thought they were good enough to just line up against Notre Dame and beat them in the trenches, and they weren't. We're not, and they weren't in 2020 either. That's the weird thing because like they tried doing that early in 2020, even without the injured players, and Notre Dame was making big plays on them. Then they made some adjustments and slowed Notre Dame down. But even the twenty, even the ACC, ACC title game, I think Notre Dame got into scoring range on like their first four possessions. They moved the ball on yeah. Clemson. They just, you know, choked when it came down to putting points on the board. But yeah, I uh, that one didn't make a lot of sense. But that is what it is. It is what glad it they is. didn't. I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they didn't. Next question's from Smiling Irish with two two eyes. Do you guys have a version of the green jersey you'd like to see versus Notre, Ohio State? Excuse me. I have always preferred the jerseys from the 05 USC game. Large numerals. Yeah, those are pretty sweet. Um, yeah, th- th- those are pretty sweet, I think. Uh, I- I'll tell you a jersey that I really liked, Ryan, that I would say I would I would change the pants um, was the green jerseys against BC in 2015. 
I thought those were really sweet. They um, were. They were. But the problem was I would make one correction. I would make one change. Uh, I'm going to pull those, jer- those, those, um, uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of that and I'm going to show y'all what I'm talking about here. Uh, let me, let me find this here real quick. So let me pull this up because I thought these uniforms were sweet with one exception. So let me, cause they're a lot like what, like the hockey team does, the basketball team does. And like a lot of the Notre Dame teams do, um, these these right here i thought those were sweet the problem is the the blue the way that the you know, the way that they looked on the field they looked sweet up close but on the field you had a hard time reading the numbers and reading the names because yeah. they were so dark so i would maybe do a little bit of change maybe like make white numbers with blue outline or gold outline as opposed to that or maybe have like um white outlines on the numbers but other than that i thought those uniform those jerseys were sweet now i would not have the i would not have the helmets the way they were i'd have the helmets stay the same you know i'm a big fan of that but i thought those those jerseys that year were freaking sweet ryan those were those probably my favorite green ones on top of the 05 usc i I do like the green face mask though that was pretty yeah those are pretty sweet i'm not gonna lie that's pretty like 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 just kind of pops you know what i mean yeah it's different yeah yeah just not this yeah that's what i would have gotten rid of the strike they had They had something on the left side of the helmet. I forget what it was. Didn't they have a shamrock? They, have a shamrock, they might right? have. Yeah. They might have. I'm trying to look and see if I can find some other photos that were more from the side. I feel like yeah, they, they had, had the uh, head of the sh- they had the head of the leprechaun on the oh, other side. Oh, is that side. what they had? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, I thought those uniforms were sweet. I, I do sweet. agree with Smiling Ivers, though. I did really like the uh, USC game they jerseys were. back in the day. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty and and sweet. I like the lo- I like the bigger numbers on jerseys like they had back yeah. in the day. I thought those nope. were good. Yeah, yep. I did like those. I feel like numbers are getting smaller now. It's kind of yeah. weird. It's, it's it weird. is very much so. It's very very strange. <laughs> Next question was from. We just knocked that one out from Smiling Irish. I got rid of the other question. I think accidentally. Oh. Coleman Smith said for our next question, how much would you play Jadarian Price and Eli Raritan before the Ohio State game, given they are coming off significant injuries? Uh, I wouldn't Coleman, play Eli Raritan at all, Ryan. I, I was going to say Eli, yeah. I'm like, I would hold him out. Jadarian, I would like to see him play because running back is a very rhythm-based position, right? Like vision, getting into that rhythm of just knowing your landmarks as a runner, being able to see the field adequately. Like, I'm not going to give him 20 carries against Tennessee right. State, but like, I would like to see him play because that is a very rhythm-based position. So I would love to see Janarian Price a little bit. I'm, couple I'm curious to your thoughts on this, Ryan. I would, I would mandate, if he's healthy and 100% back to rhythm, I would mandate five touches a game for Janarian Price. But what I would do, what I would also do differently is the first two games for sure. I would only put him in the game to carry the ball or catch the ball. I wouldn't have him doing a lot of pass pro, like so. And meaning his reps would be down. Sure. So he may only play fifteen snaps and he gets the ball six, seven times in those fifteen snaps just to get him back to get hit and get in the rhythm. When he's in, he's going to get the football. I agree. Yeah. And and you can get away with that the first couple games, you know, because there's there's no. there's no, oh, well, we know now when he's in the game, right? There's no tendency there with him because he's never played before. Now, you can't do that against Ohio State 
Because by then you're going to have four games under your belt, and they're going to know when 24 is in the game, he just he's going to run the ball. Or you but know against what I mean? against Tennessee State, like okay, you know he's getting the ball, right? Stop right. him. Like, and, and will they really know that for sure? I mean, they'll have exactly. one game of film, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, for the first couple games, for sure, and then maybe you get him in for ten extra snaps against NC State, and a couple of them are pass pro and things like that. Sure. And then Central Michigan again, he's just he's just carrying the ball, and then that way he's got some, you know, he's got twenty five. 30 touches in four games. And now you can maybe play him for 10 extra snaps against Ohio state and, and he does everything. But uh, I also think the thing too, Ryan, is the reason you can get away with that is because you do have Jabron Payne and Devin Ford and Jeremiah right. love is you don't have to force the issue with, with Jadarian early, let him carry the ball. And that's, that's, I mean, that's what they do with Dexter Williams in 2017. They, when they put Dexter Williams in the game in 2017, everybody knew what was happening and it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing is is how good is this offensive line going to be? I mean, because it was funny, and twenty seventeen was was one of the most fun seasons I've ever had covering Notre Dame when it came to just running the football, like just from that particular standpoint. Because it didn't matter who they put in the game. I mean, they were they were going to run the ball, and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, they ran for a hundred. This is what people forget. They ran for one hundred eighty two yards that year against Michigan State. Michigan State that season, Ryan finished with the number two rush defense in the country that season. They only give up 95.3 yards per game. Notre Dame rushed for 180, uh, 182 yards in that game. And Josh Adams didn't play in the second half. He got hurt. Then was, De- was, and then Tony Jones Bull is already out. Team? Yeah, was huh? Max Bolo on that team? Max Bolo? Uh, was he on that Michigan I, State team? I think his brother might have been. Let me let me go look. Oh, Riley? Riley Bolo? Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if Max was or not. I can't remember. That might have been a little too late for Max. Yeah, Max I, been a little Byron, bit early Byron was. There was a bull. I knew there was a bull on that team, but I don't think it was. I didn't think it was Max. Yeah. Um, Max's last year was. Yeah, Riley. That was even after Riley. Really? Yeah, Max's. <laughs> la- yeah, yeah. That was. Yeah. Uh, Max's last year was thirteen. Yeah, and then Riley okay. replaced him after that. But if you remember that game, Ryan Dexter scored a, had a touchdown catch in the first half, but then Dexter got hurt. Tony Jones got hurt the week before against Boston College. Fourth quarter of the game, they got Deion McIntosh in the game, and he's ripping them up. You know what I mean? It just it didn't matter. In uh, this running back room, to me, is is potentially better than that one yeah. because I think Aldrick Estimate potentially is better than Josh Adams. I think Jadarian Price can be every bit as good as Dexter Williams was that season. Uh, I think that Jabron Payne can be every bit as good as Tony Jones was that season. And with all due respect to Deion McIntosh. He's not Devin Ford or Jeremiah Love. I mean, so uh, you don't have to force the issue, but you need to also make sure that he gets touches because what you don't want to do, Ryan, is like hold him as your secret weapon against Ohio State. I don't know if he'll have the like the rhythm per se unless yeah. you've just got a couple carries that you're just thinking, hey, we can get him in there. But then as soon as I say that, we think of when Dexter Williams missed the first four games of the season of 2018, and then you bring it's him in Stanford. against Stanford, and he goes for a touchdown yeah. first play. Of the I, game. I was, I was at that game, man. I was at that Stanford. Oh, really? Game. It was wild. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah. Well, boy, if they could get if they could get Jared Darian going this year, man. Though, goodness gracious. Yes. Oh boy. Agreed. Um, you can read this one, Ryan. And the answers, the answer is no. It's just so people can read it. Kyle said, "Have you heard?" Anything about special Samrock series gear for the Navy game in Ireland? No, Kyle. I have not. No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't heard anything, Kyle. I, yeah, I don't know what they're planning on doing. And if, if they're going to do anything, I would imagine it'll be, they'll announce it like when fall camp gets around here. 
We had another question from Gideon Rosa says, continuing the series again, you can have any tight end for the 2021, 2024 national classes. Who are you taking? Well, that's a, that's a good question. So mayor was 20. Uh So uh, we can't go with him. So 21, yeah, Thomas Fedone. 21 was not a great tight end class. Uh, I'll be honest, I did not see Brock Bowers being as good as he was. So if I'm looking at guys from what they were in high school, mm-hmm. I would not have taken Brock. I would, it wouldn't be Brock Bowers. If you could talk about what we know them to be now, that's an easy one. It's Brock Bowers, who's right. in the 21 class. Goose but Robinson popped into my head. That, that was kind of where I was kind of thinking about that, Ryan. There was a, yeah. a couple kids in the 22 class that were pretty good players uh, coming out of high school. Eli Raritan was a, was a pretty good one. But uh, I think I think the Deuce, Deuce Robinson is probably the best tight end uh, yeah. as far as just coming out of high school. Again, Brock, it's a no-brainer, Brock Bowers, if we're talking about what they've become at college. Well, but if we're just now. looking at them as, as you know, not hindsight 2020, just what they were as prospects, I'd probably go with – I'd probably go with Deuce yeah. Robinson. Deuce I, I is really good, man. Yeah. Deuce is really good. Yeah. <laughs> I liked a couple yeah. of those kids in that 23 class, man. I was yeah. a big Pierce Sperlin guy that's going to Georgia now, mm-hmm. too. I'd probably like Pierce Sperlin yeah. a lot, so – yeah, yep. kid going to Tennessee is another one that I liked. Ethan Davis, he's a good player. Oh, Davis, yeah, yep. yeah. Walker Lyons is solid. I think he's a tad overrated. Yeah. Uh, but still a really good. The, the most overrated tight end in that class was Mac Markway, though. I I, I never got Mac that Markway. one. I never Follow. got. I never understood that one. Mac followed me on follows me on Twitter. It's kind of a weird yeah. one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Ne- never understood <laughs> that. Actually, we already. Uh, Gideon Rosa with another question says, if Jack Cohn is on the 2022 Notre Dame team, do they do the Irish beat USC? I say no. I say no, Gideon. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Because, yeah, I don't know. Do I think they would have had a chance at the end of the game to to maybe go down and win it? Sure. Sure. Would have been more more competitive. Yes. I'll agree with more competitive. I just, I don't know. I like quarterback for the most part in that game wasn't a, issue though well it was to me though ryan because i understand where you're coming from in that well i mean the couple spots were pretty big you know it's it's 17 to 7 and you're driving down in the third quarter to open the second half and you're in touchdown range and your quarterback just fumbles the ball and so instead of it being 17 14 it's now 24 to 7 that's pretty big but as far as like like that kind of thing but drew pretty much ripped usc up when he actually got the ball off but then he got and here's another example it's it's um it's 31, what was it, 31 21. You got Deion Coles, the open for what would have been a big play. Or was it 31 20? I forget what the score was. It might have been 31 24. I, I always forget. I'm, this is going to bother me because this is now the second time that I have forgotten this, this specific score when this, when this play happened. But Notre Dame is basically down a second score. If they go down and score, it's a, it's a different ball game. But they go down, it's 31 to 21. Okay, that's what it was. It's 31 21. There's five minutes left to go in the game. So plenty of time for you to get a score and then a stop. And then you got a shot at the end. And they're running a, a vertical route to the left against cover two. You got Deion Colsey opening for a cover two hole throw that Jack Cohn would have hit, in my opinion. 
and Dion's got to make one guy miss and he scores or he gets tackled and you're you're much deeper in USC territory and Ian just or Drew wasn't able to make that throw. But that would have turned a 10-point game into a 4-point game, right? I mean a 3-point game, right? It doesn't it yeah. doesn't put you ahead Cut the lead for sure. Right. Yep. And so it's there's even in the scenario that I'm talking about Ryan where a 17 to 7 game instead of 24-7 turns into 17-14, there's still no guarantee that you could have stopped Caleb Williams at the end of the game. Like if there was a minute or more left in the game and you have Caleb Williams as your quarterback, it's no guarantee that Notre Dame could have stopped him no matter what Jack Cohn did, right? I mean, that's the reality of it uh, because that defense just couldn't make the big stops in that game when they needed to. Simple as that. Yep. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I've still said this before. If like It's the Sam Hartman debate. If, if Sam Hartman or Jack Cohn were the quarterback, I think they would have split between Ohio State and USC. I don't think they'd have beat both of them. Uh, so I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that team at worst is 10 and two last year with those two yeah. guys, at quarterback and probably 11 and one. Cause again, I think they would have split those games, but at worst case, I think you go 10 and two and you lose to both of them in competitive games. That's, That's fair. What I think happens. Yeah. Notre Dame needed to run the football better and they could not stop right. the run or get Caleb Williams on the grounds. Like that was the, the issue. The question would be is if they were more afraid of your pass game, would would they would they have been you know would you have been able to run the ball more effectively if they were more if they were basically USC was pretty much letting I won't say letting that's a bad way of saying it USC was not afraid of Drew Pine beating them even with that's the fair. stats he put up they were not afraid of Drew Pine beating them they were not going to let the run game beat them that game yep. if you had a, a better quarterback that maybe forced a little bit more concern from you maybe you run the ball better but those are all what ifs we don't know for a fact how that would have gone right. Um, you know, I, I still say the biggest what if for me is what if Cam Hart and Tariq Bracey would have played in that game? Maybe you get a couple of those stops. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We had a question from DJ who said, if you could put one player from 2015 on this team, who would it be? I'm saying Sheldon Day. It's an interesting I'm, pick. This is an easy one for me, Ryan. It's Jalen Smith. I mean, as much as I would love to have Ronnie Stanley or Will Fuller or CJ Procise or Deshaun Kaiser or Quentin Nelson or Mike McGlinchey or Alex Bars, who was a, a backup on that team, uh, uh, Steve Elmer, Sheldon Day, Romeo Aquara would be another one. You know, that Isaac Rochelle, could you imagine Isaac Rochelle starting at big end on this team? Like, yeah. that's pretty good too. Kavari, Ro- I mean, there's a ton of great players, but Jalen Smith was the best player on that football team. And he's at a position where right now is one of the biggest question marks that you have on the team. So like Sheldon Day is a heck of a player and DJ, I have no problem with that pick, but they got Riley Mills there. They're not exactly hurting there, right? Like Will Fuller, you know, I would have no problem with someone wants to pick Will Fuller, but it's not like they're hurting for talent or receiver. The jump between Will Fuller and whatever you're going to have a receiver is not as great to me right now as the jump from Maris Lewifau to Jalen Smith. And especially putting Jalen Smith in this defensive system that I think is going to be more aggressive. Could you, I mean, look, I have my issues with Al Golden, but Jalen Smith puts up monster numbers in this defense, Ryan. I mean, no question about it. So that would be my pick, but there's a lot of good ones to go from. I mean, there are. I'd probably go with Quentin Nelson just to say, like, now I have Billy Shrouth. Quentin Nelson with the two tackles and yeah. Zeke Corral. It's like, yeah. that's the best that's offensive really line good. in the country. Like, There's that's no the best doubt. Line the There's no right doubt. Now. There's no doubt. And that's the thing. If you were to say Ryan, Will Fuller, I'd be like, no, I wouldn't be like, no, Ryan, you're nuts for picking Will Fuller. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. 
right? I mean, I would, I would think you know, about Will. I would think if you were him. to say CJ Procise at running back with what we know now to go with, I mean, could you imagine that one two punch at running back with Audric Estime and CJ Procise, right? I mean, yeah, there's a there's a lot of guys you could go with, right? I mean, for all the issues, Max Redfield, that 2015 Max Redfield, that's a pretty good football player for it compared is. to what they have now. It just comes down to it. You know, if you were to say Romeo Guara, I would not say you're nuts. If you were to say Sheldon Day, I would not say you're nuts. Uh, could you imagine Jerry Tillery being a nose guard on this team with him and Howard Cross, a nose guard? I mean, so there's a lot of good options. That team was so talented. But I just figure what's so – so then the question for me, Ryan, this is just for me, what's the biggest question mark you have? And did that 2015 team have a great player there? I think the two options to me for biggest question mark, I would argue, is the second guard position and yep. Will Linebacker. And that's where the sure. two picks that we have come from. You yep. know, and so I think that's uh so if you were gonna say if I could have one on each side of the ball, I think I think with defense it's a no-brainer for me. It's Jalen. I would want to have a debate about Will Fuller and or, or Quentin Nelson on offense. Sure. I would, but I'd probably go with Quentin. Because yeah. I think the receivers, none of the receivers are Will Fuller. I'm not saying that. Sure. But if you give me Quentin Nelson and Joe Walt side by side, I don't need to throw the ball for 350 yards a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or the, so. or the, just the, the, just a laugh to watch Blake Fisher and Quentin Nelson combo. Like, yeah, all right, man. Put, cause, uh, does Q play left? He plays left guard in the NFL, right? He plays left guard in the NFL. Yeah. Correct. But yeah, yeah. If, to your point, if he, you're going to put him a right guard, cause you don't talk about getting Blake Fisher. Cause here's the thing too, that, 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 we're talking about how good Q was, but what ask Alex Bars, ask Mike McGlinchey, ask any of those, any of the players. Quentin was also someone who kind of brought the best out of you. Because yeah. if you weren't bringing it that day, he'd let you know about it. Yes. And so you get you, because again, we're even talking about the 2015 version of Quentin Nelson. He was pretty good in 2015. He was sure really was. good. Go ask Raekwon McMillan how good Quentin Nelson was in 2015. Uh, yeah, to your point, Ryan, you put him at right guard beside Blake Fisher, then all of a sudden Blake's better. Yep. Because he's playing next to Q, so yeah, yeah. that would be work, a good one work too. Work with him in practice every day. And yeah, yeah I just think of Sam Hartman as a deep ball thrower, thrown to Will Fuller. That's fair. That's just that's fair. at the end of the day, that's just like that'd be a lot of fun. That's fair. I get it. I totally yeah. get that. We had a question from I don't know how to pronounce this name. Crick, help. I think just Crick, I don't know. Crickill. He Crickle? had said it. I'm just going Cricky, Cricky, Cricky. I don't know. Cricky. Were you surprised as to which school Elijah Russian committed to? I was not. I had been told a few days earlier that it was going to be Arizona. I was, if you would have told me two to three weeks earlier, I thought it was going to be Oregon. I was very transparent on that. But leading up to the decision, no, I was not surprised that it was going to be Arizona. I was not. I'll say this, Ryan. If you'd have told me two months ago that Arizona was a legit player, we would have said, yeah, they're a legit player, but I would not have picked them to yeah. be the pick. But Arizona was always in this one. They were always in yes. this one. And that, when, especially once his brother transferred there, they were yeah. always in this one. I, I would not have put like a crystal ball or something. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I would have. I, I probably would have. A few weeks I, I ago, I, I would have said yeah. Oregon. I would have picked Oregon yeah. a few weeks ago. No doubt. Yeah. Yep. Next question from Gideon Rosa. Gideon, a lot of great questions today. Who mm-hmm. would you compare Malachi Nelson to? Does he have the ceiling of Caleb Williams? Him throwing to Zachariah Branch could be problematic. No. No, I would not. Who He's would I not, compare um, him to? I'm trying to think of someone that I compare him to. Maybe Jane Daniels-ish yeah. 
Could you see that? that um, a bit? Yeah, but he's not the runner that Jaden Daniels is. But as yeah, far as body as type thrower. and thrower, Ryan, that's a good. If you take just the passing part of it, Ryan, that's a good comp. Similar yeah. arm talent, yeah. similar body type, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't think he's the he, he he's the runner that Jaden Daniels was. Like Malachi sure. Nelson's got a lot of throwing, a lot of talent as a thrower. Yeah. I just question if he has the heart, like. I, I know that Notre Dame fans may not want to believe this, but Caleb Williams is a pretty smart kid and a pretty good leader and a, a from everything I've ever heard, a, a pretty good kid. I understand why Notre Dame fans don't think that because of Caleb's own actions. Simple as that. You put FND on your thing, Notre Dame fans are not going to have a lot of respect for you. That's on you. you got to be smarter than that, right? Did the same thing against Utah. But I don't think those that poor, immature decision for a sophomore in college is indicative of who he is overall as a player, as a worker, as a you know, as a leader, all that stuff. You hear a lot of good things from from people around the USC program about the work the kid puts in, the leadership he shows, and all that kind of stuff. I, that's what I have. I don't know if yep. you've heard the same thing or not, Ryan. I don't yep. know that Malachi Nelson has that kind of character as a as a quarterback. I, I just I have questions if he has that. I think he's more of the typical five star quarterback. If you catch my drift where Caleb Williams is a five-star in talent, but not necessarily a five-star in, in ego, right? That doesn't mean he doesn't right. care about fame and all that, but I think he he understands that's part of the brand and all that. But he, as far as putting in the work, you get what I'm – I don't know if I'm making sense here, Ryan, but, like, there's the, the there stereotypical five-star that, like, you know, thinks he's, you know, God's gift to earth and doesn't want to work for it, just thinks everything should be handed to him. And then there's the five-star kid that understands I got to go out, put the work in and, and, and be great. And right. my team's counting on me. And that doesn't mean I can't go to this photo shoot. Doesn't mean I can't be on this commercial. Doesn't mean I can't get my NL money, but when it's football time and you know, that's always priority number one. And that's, that's the way that Caleb Williams always struck me is he's going to do the, the catwalk thing and wear the nice clothes and do the NIL deals and all that. But football is still his number one priority. And um, you know, that's why I think he's a great player. I don't think Malachi Nelson is in that is in that conversation in any way, talent wise or the other Ka- way. In my opinion, Ka- Caleb Williams is special, man. I mean, that's yeah. uh, I know people don't want to hear that because we're Notre Dame people on this channel and everything, but right. there's something magic about what that kid can do on a football field at times. Yeah. So, uh, which makes beating him even all... more impressive. That's the thing I like about it. it is would like, be. go beat him, then, then unbe- you really earn unbeatable. that win. Right, you earn yeah. that win. Utah proved that last year. Absolutely. And good question. Really good questions today. Yeah, Gideon has been bringing it though, Ryan. You're not. You're not lying. He's been bringing it today. From Leighton Borkholder says, "How do you see the running back duties shaking out at the beginning of the season?" That's a great question and one that I don't really know the answer to outside of Aldrich may be in the guy at top. But mm. I mean, I would imagine Jabron Payne is probably your second option, and then you start mixing in Jadarian more and more as the season goes on a little bit, and then he probably takes over as the RB two at well, some point. I, I think Devin Ford's going to have a say in this as well. I, oh, Devin I, Ford I too, yeah, he, yeah. I think he's going to have a shot at, at the to get to be to battle for the number two spot as well. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a three man rotation. It's going to look a lot like it did last year, except the number two and number three are going to be more looking like number twos Split. and number threes than yeah. it was last year it was kind of one, a one B and then three is Pacey how it was last year. So I think it'll look more like a traditional one, two, three scenario. And I think Jadarian price is going to play as long as he's healthy and able to go through full camp. And then the question is, well, who's the other guy? Is it Jabron? Cause here's the thing. If, if, if they're going to use Jadarian the way that you and I said earlier, Ryan, he can't be your number two. He's your number right. three that it's kind of like how Tyler Buckner was in 2021. Tyler Buckner for most of that year was technically the third string quarterback. 
but he would come in and, and have that niche role. Your number two may be Jabron Payne or Devin Ford because they're the ones that kind of come in and just run the entire offense. But when Jadarian comes in, you're giving him the football, which is very similar to what they did with Tyler Buckner as a quarterback in 21. You brought him in, and he you knew exactly what he was going to do, and the question was, could you stop it? And I think that that's probably the best comparison I could have for the role for Jadarian Price is what the, is Tyler Buckner just – lining up differently, getting the ball differently. But that not that exactly how they used Tyler Buckner early? I mean, you brought him in the game to run. That's basically what they did. Yeah. And so I could see something like that. I could see something like that. Oh, it's still so weird to think that Tyler Buckner plays at Alabama now. It's just still so yeah, weird. Yeah, I, I know. Another conversation. <laughs> yep.